Hey, stranger! The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger, a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Rozzy, Lissy, The Arkells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into The Stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. This week, my guest is Polyphonic Spree frontman Tim DeLauder, who spoke to me about his spark, Ennio Morricone's Il Forte, The Strong. Uh, So sometimes when my guests choose something very specific, like a single song, or in this case, an instrumental piece of music from a film soundtrack, um, I'll be honest, it makes me a little nervous before the conversation. It is such a narrow band of content that, um, you know, I get a little worried about whether the guest will have enough to say about it to sustain an entire interview. But any niggling doubts that I had completely disappeared when I talked to Tim because he had so much to say about the impact this piece of music has had on him. Um, it's a really lovely, thoughtful conversation, so... Let's hear it, shall we? But first, a gentle reminder to follow me on Apple Podcasts and leave me a lovely little review so you can give yourself a chance to win some Consequence merch. Uh, As I have mentioned numerous times now, all you got to do is screenshot your review after you post it, then you upload it to the link in the show notes, and you are set. Very simple. So do it. Please. Okay. Quick Polyphonic Spree facts. The Polyphonic Spree is a choral rock band from Dallas, Texas that was formed in the year 2000 by singer-songwriter Tim DeLauder. The band's pop and rock songs are augmented by a large vocal choir and instruments such as flute, trumpet, French horn, trombone, violin, viola, cello, percussion, piano, guitars, bass, drums, and electric keyboards. DeLauder collaborated with 12 other musicians to put together a sound that reflected the music he grew up with. He wanted to explore the orchestral palette and pop sensibility of the Beatles, the Association, Electric Light Orchestra, and the Beach Boys, and the vocal style of Ozzy Osbourne from Black Sabbath. The new Polyphonic Spree album Salvage Enterprise is out now. 
Quick Il Forte facts. Il Forte, the strong, is an instrumental piece by Ennio Morricone that was composed for the soundtrack of Sergio Leone's classic western, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. The album was enormously popular and, unusually for a film score, was in the charts for over a year and reached number four on the pop charts. And there you have it. Time for the good stuff. Here comes my chat with Tim DeLauder about Il Forte. Can you remember hearing Il Forte the first time or, you know, I'm assuming that's in the context of the movie, but maybe not. You tell me. You know, I think that the first time I heard it was obviously the first time I saw the good and the bad, the ugly. It's from that film. I can't tell you when that was. I saw it when I was a kid. Um, I can't tell you if that song resonated with me at the moment or when I watched the movie when I was older again and the feeling it provoked and then eventually getting the soundtrack because there's something that drew me to the soundtrack. I love the movie, but the, the soundtrack was something that hit me. And through that process of listening to that soundtrack, I really gravitated to uh, the strong and um, I don't know what it is. It's um, you know, it's from the scene in the area where Clint Eastwood comes up and um, he is discovering all the carnage after the war, he's kind of come up onto it. He was um, kind of in the middle of it and kind of went down in the dirt and kind of it happened and he kind of raises up and everybody's gone. Everybody's dead or gone. And he's just, it's so deafening um, that space that he's in because he's alive and you can tell he's just looking at everything and the carnage and the loss of life and just reflecting on it. And then as he's walking through it all, he discovers a soldier who's laying in the, in this hallway of this broken up building that had been bombed and um, he's severely hurt and they don't say a word to each other. They just kind of exchange glances and um, Clint realizes the man's dying. Uh, the kid's dying and he gives him a drag off his uh, cigar and this music's playing and the guy just he passes away right there in front of clint and the smoke kind of goes out the guy's mouth and it's gone and he looks up again and this music's playing so not only was the score that particular song so poignant for that scene it just stuck with me every time i hear it it's so human it's so vulnerable it's so kind of triumphant in the fact that it's the human tragedy of life and death. And it's like it experiences it, all of this in, in a two-minute piece of music. For whatever, for me, it has stayed with me forever. I can't tell you. I probably listened to that, that piece of music. And this is realistically probably over a few thousand times mm. in my life. I've listened to that. It's like a, almost like I'm addicted to it. I have uh, bought tickets for a, um, a show in um, Los Angeles to see, you know, Marconi do that record um, at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, wow. And unfortunately, um, he had to cancel because he was ill and it never happened. And I've regretted that my whole life that I didn't get to see that. But I don't know. I find that, that piece of music very calming for me. 
uh, very kind of reassuring in a sense. And the way it speaks to me is like no other piece of music. I, you know, it's just part of me. I can't believe it, but you know, I, it is. And, and it's, it's weird to say that about a piece of music, but it is, it's so small and there's no lyrics. It's just the, so it's so in tune with the humanity and the, and, and that space that it lives in is, is haunting and beautiful at the same time. Yeah. It, it, you know, the way that he, he you know, the, the, the way that his work interacted with film, he was such a master of his craft, you know, one of a handful of film composers who people know their name. You know, I was just reading an interview with Hans Zimmer and he was talking about how much he was influenced um, by Morricone and the way that his music, it's like its own filmic language. There's something kind of, there's like a synesthesia about it because you, you see the music you you yeah. it, it's so evocative of not just the images in this specific film but this language that he de- you know developed with uh Sergio Leone in particular but with all the directors that he worked with and the way that they work together in particular sometimes the music would come first and then they would film the scene so that it fit in time to the music that had already been written. So it makes sense that it's so locked together that the imagery and the sounds are so in sync. And so like, it's like I said, it's inextricable, inextricable. You can't have those two things existing on their own. And that contributes to like the emotional, it's just like a wave of emotion because it's all of your senses being involved. Yeah. It's, it's, it's magic is what it is. And it's profound. And to, and to be able to do, like you said, it's like to be able to evoke, to see it, to actually viscerate, it's visceral. You can be a, you're a part of it. You see it and you're not seeing it, you know, in the physical realm, but you're, you're physically feeling it and seeing it. That's amazing. And um, it's the feeling I get from it every time. It's never gotten old to me. It's always brand new. It's always, it always hits me the same way. It's so weird to talk about just a specific piece of music like that, but because there's so much music out there and I've ingested so much music in my life. I'm a musician. I, you know, I, that's what I do. And um, that piece is just, it just knocks me out. And it's, it's part of me and I can't explain it, but I love it. It's almost like my own personal soundtrack. I can't believe it. It's just, uh, it's very deep. It's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. And talk about a piece of music like that. But it makes sense. It makes sense. It's like, that is to my mind, one of the biggest purposes of art is to touch people and to make them feel things. And to really, when you find something that you connect with that much, that it is like, a piece of your own emotional life. It's not just a soundtrack to this film. It's like you said, it's a soundtrack to your life, to your own experiences. And it just, you know, develops into something even more than what it is. And the imagery that it evokes for you then bleeds into everything that you've experienced in your own life. Completely. Yeah. And the thing that is unique about this particular song in this soundtrack, this is such an iconic soundtrack. It's, you know, the theme is music that everyone knows. Oh, it's all great. And it means Westerns to people. This film is like, and when people think about a Western, that is what they're thinking of. You know, those John Wayne movies as well. But I think 
this is really what solidified the idea of the Western in people's minds. It's what made Clint Eastwood a superstar. And so you have this soundtrack that, you know, a lot of it is full of, you know, razzle dazzle, almost campy elements where it's like sound effects and mimicking human voices. And it's a little broader. And with this song, it's exactly what you said. It's this intimacy. It's like everything's being taken in and it's about a smaller moment that's about grief, that's about the expanse of the West and being like alone in that grief. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And it's tragic. It's tragic at the same time. It's heartfelt. It's painful. It's, it's beautiful. And it just, the way it ends and lets you down, it's kind of lifted you up and took you through that whole process that it just gently lays you back down to the ground to just kind of carry on. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah. And th- like the specific elements as well, like the horns, there's something that kind of, it, I know that this is not necessarily mournful, but there's something that kind of reminds me of taps that it's like this. Oh, definitely. Well, there's an, in, there, it, there's a, a military, you know, nuance that, that he puts in there. And, and that's, you know, it's explaining the war and, in a sense, it's it's you're looking at dead soldiers out there. So it does have that element. It nods to it. And it's just to kind of like acknowledge what you're seeing on on the on the ground and, and, the, and acknowledging war and what it is and how destructive it is. And so I think it, it when he does that, it's like, you know, this is this is what we're seeing. This is what it is. And um, but it's also a, a you know, it's everyone has their own their own things in their life that they deal with. And um, it's there's parallels and to that film, I believe the struggles in life. And there's things that that I can relate to that is in music, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's comforting, very comforting. It calms me down. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's another thing about classical music, film composition, film scoring. When you have music that doesn't have words, even though a lot of the music for this is literal storytelling, it's like, you know, Peter and the Wolf, where there's like yeah. each instrument is a character and it's actively telling the story as the story unfolds in the film. But without lyrics, it's much easier to apply an interpretation from your own life and to kind of uh, superimpose your own experiences onto that music, even if it has a designated meaning in the context of the film. And I think this is a perfect example of that. There's like, like I said, there isn't any pollution of like sound effects or anything that really makes you go, ah, this is about that movie. It's not about me. Right. Yeah, I agree. You know, I was, I, uh, as a kid, I was drawn to the Walt Disney storybook, um, records. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, having, you know, whenever I'd get sick, I would, my mom would take me to the drugstore and we get a, a storybook record. I used to sell them in the, right there in the pharmacy. And it comes with pictures in the book and then you play the record and you follow the pictures in the book and listen to the music. And it was the same thing. There was sometimes there was, wasn't any, you know, there wasn't any like words or lyrics to it. Some of them, some of them had songs obviously, but then some of it was just storytelling with sound effects and, but through instruments. And I think that had a kind of profound effect on how how I ingested music, how I use music as imagery and how I appreciated those instruments at a young age and kind of adopted them in a sense of something I would use to describe something if I was musically to do that. And I think it, it played a role in my, you know, in my songwriting and my future songwriting and the way that I use instrumentation. And it's, you know... It, 
instruments, music, it, it, it's hopefully, you know, as an artist, you do have those effects and you, you know, inspire people and you like give people hope through your music. And I'm fortunate that that resonated with me. I'm fortunate that that song resonated with me because I'm so happy I have it and I can go to it anytime I want. And uh, it's always there. It's always comforting. You know, it's, it's also a part of, you know, who I am. And it's able to, uh, I'm able to grab that, you know, when I'm doing my own kind of storytelling musically. So, uh, yeah, it's fulfilling in every way for me. And music obviously does that. And that's why I do what I do. Time for a quick break, because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Yeah. And, you know, uh, a recurring theme on this podcast is like how powerful art is as a tool of communication and how it touches different people. And, you know, artists create work and you may have a specific purpose. You may have a specific message you're trying to deliver, but you put it out in the world and the way that people receive it could be something completely different to how you intended. And that's the magic of it. That's, that's such a wonderful thing that, you know, one piece of art can be interpreted in a million different ways and can mean something very personal and very specific to each of those people. Totally. Yeah. I, yeah, I found that out through my life of doing music and playing and um, talking to people when they tell me what the, the music means to them. It's, and it, it was so weird, you know, when I would always, when I was, I had a band earlier in my career called Tripping Daisy. And um, it was just kind of a power pop psychedelic rock band. And um, it's like you're writing songs of where you're at. You're writing lyrics that you're just in your world and you're writing these songs and you're not really thinking about what people think about it. You're just kind of like reacting to what you're putting, what, what the music's giving you, what you're thinking about and you put out there, but you don't really think about the effects of it. You know, and then polyphonic spree comes along and I'm older and my life has changed and I've had a lot of experience and life experiences and the messiness of life and and then the, the challenges you have you growing older and living and living through life and and experiencing everything that comes with it. And all of a sudden you find that your lyrics and the things that you're singing about are, you know, I guess more mature, more relevant of where you are but just i'm still not thinking about how this affects other people i'm simply i've always used 
my lyrics to for myself and like it it's for me and um it's like this affirmation of like trying to convince myself everything's going to be okay and i'm going to make it through this but and i'm just it's for me and it's and i'm not thinking that other people are i just think that they're just listening to it and you know and maybe it's a good melody and it means you know what it means to them but i'm not thinking that i i, I didn't grasp that they people that were taking from it what i was taking from it and that was kind of a revelation that i found doing in an interview like 10 10 15 years ago when i was like i realized like you know it's um it's so weird because when you're talking with other people and you have these interactions and through this talking discussion, you, you get you find things about yourself and you find things about um, that you just didn't really think about. It would seem so obvious and on the end of your nose, like, you know, this is what you're doing, but it's not like that. And then I found out that, you know, there's people that see that music exactly the way that I see it and they need it exactly the way that I, I need it. And that's when you feel a little bit of you felt a little bit of responsibility but at the same time you go back into what you know and that's just to write about what you need and that's what i need and you you realize that it works for other people as well and that's just a bonus <laughs> yeah yeah and like how can you possibly anticipate or you know create work with a specific framework in mind trying to anticipate how the audience is going to receive it like who wants to do that and who wants to receive work that has been manufactured in that way? Well, unfortunately we live in times where that is, there's people that are, you know, specifically trying to do that. They're specifically trying to write something that's going to resonate. They're specifically being cliched in, in their agenda. They're, it's, it's, it's specific. And yeah, people can tell and some people just enjoy it for what it is. It's a good song. It's a great song. It's, the, the lyrics work and it's musical and it works for them. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do think that people do try to do that. I just can't do that. I've never been able to do that. Even to write a song for me, I have to stumble on it. I don't sit down to, um, I'm going to write a song about this today. You know, all of my, all of my songs are written out of improvisation. I write the lyrics, the idea and the melody and the music. At the same time, I pick up a guitar, I strum a chord. It either provokes me to move further or it doesn't. And I just set it down and move on. I'll hit a note on the piano, provokes, provokes me to move forward or it doesn't, and I'll walk away. Um, if it does, then I find that I'm in it and I can see what I'm talking about and I just say it. And then hopefully I'm recording it and I go back and I refine what what my idea was, what I was thinking about. So it's very internal for me. It's very specific as in what I need at that moment, what I'm seeing, what I'm feeling that I need to convey in that mo moment. And um, that's just how it works for me. Hmm. So that's, I guess that's another why, reason why I'm, I'm so moved by that piece of music from um, Ennio Morricone, The Strong, is because it does that so well. It just seems like he's so in it and it's so upfront and present and so aware and so vulnerable. And it's just, um, I can, I, I feel that because I know that feeling 
and I would be, I've always wanted to talk to him about that song. And, you know, I can't, you know, there's, he's talked about the score globally, but um, just how that came about and how his process was. Um, Cause I feel it so, I feel it so deeply that um, I know that space. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just thinking directly contradicting what I just said. Of course, this music was composed with a specific meaning in mind and trying to make people feel a specific way because it was going along with the images in this film. Correct. But even with that intention, it doesn't matter that that's not, no. you, you can't uh, control how people re- will receive it and interpret it. And, you know, I don't think he would have been uh, upset about the idea that this piece of music could affected, could have affected people in many, many different ways. I don't either. I mean, we're talking about film. What I was talking about was pop music and people mm-hmm. writing songs oh, yeah. for yeah, every yeah. day. Yeah. Like, no. You know, not, not to, not to confuse the two. Mm-hmm. But even in those instances, I mean, people yeah. can have the most craven, money-grabbing ideas of how they're going to compose music and say, this is a sweet ballad that's really going to just make people cry. And somebody could say, I lost my virginity to that <laughs> song. It's a sex song to me. Um, so, right. you know, you can't... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever, you know, best laid plans. It's it, you, There's no um, there's no way to, to be completely in control of the way that uh, things are interpreted. No, there isn't. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's how people digest it and how people take it in, internalize it and make it their own Mm. or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. And another thing, I mean, the thing about Spaghetti Westerns that I find so fascinating is it's me, you know, he's composing music for a specific purpose to evoke specific images and He's an Italian guy who has no connection to the American West. I mean, you know, not even getting into the fact that these films were made in Spain, that, you know, it was like a complete illusion. And uh, in that Hans Zimmer interview, he was saying it's like this completely contrived version of the Old West. It's like a fictitious Old West that never existed. But that is the Old West to so many people now because of these films. Exactly. So having somebody who comes, you know, is completely outside of that experience has no connection to it and yet is completely in control of how people think about that time period is yeah yeah again genius it's remarkable yeah it is and he he, that's why he was who he was right and you know was composing for 60 70 years however long and just you know the the enormous effect that he had on so many composers but also the different kinds of movies that he scored and the artists that he worked with and whatever just like touching so many lives in so many different ways and it's yeah quite a feat yeah quite the scope for sure yeah and i guess with this specific piece of music have you gone back to watch that movie again and watch it in that context or do you you always just have this as a separate thing that is you know i do i watched the movie probably a month ago and the other day i was wanting to watch it again it's such a great film it's not like my go-to like the song like i was listening to the song yesterday and um it popped in uh popped up on because i listened to it so much it popped up again uh this morning when i was on the way to good records so it's definitely, I listen to it more than anything, but, and I, you know, I used to put it in front of my shows before we'd open the show. I'd play the song. Amazing. Amazing. We would walk through the the, cl- the crowd to the song and then I would end the show 
um, playing the song. And um, yeah, it's just always been, I even played the song, the recording in my band, Tripping Daisy. Uh, back then, I would, uh, it would be like the beginning of the show, I'd play it. So it's, it's just kind of been a theme and such a part of me. It's really obsessive, <laughs> but I can't help it. I just, I really love it. And uh, if you can love anything that much, a piece of music, that's the one for me. Yeah. Um, but and, and it, it makes sense to me the way that he composed, especially for this film, the breadth of influences, the different kinds, the different, the different styles, the different instruments that he's pulling into these pieces of music means that it has is like specific and universal at the same time. So yeah, it gives it that kind of, and, and like, you know, points to a specific time period, but is also kind of timeless. Um, and having that, those like different sides of the coin existing in so many different ways in this one piece of music is again. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We could go on. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, About one, two minute piece of music, but Hey, that's all it took. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that is a lovely place to, uh, to leave it. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for indulging my interest in a two minute song, a piece no, of music. No, this is, uh, this is the good stuff. Were you, a fi- were you familiar with the song uh, before? No, I mean, I was familiar with the soundtrack, but like, right. I, I had a particular piece of music. Yeah. Did it experience, did you experience anything? Could, did, could you see why for me, why it meant something to me other than, you know, it's a beautiful piece of music. Did something happen for you in that? Yeah. Or was it just, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, part of it, my perception is colored by the fact that I'm listening to it specifically in this context, but right, right. yeah. And definitely it stands out on this soundtrack as something that the emotional life is different to the pieces that surround it. And, you know, I haven't seen that movie in fucking right. 30 years or whatever so i no, like i, I don't even remember the the context in the movie but even without you explaining what was happening that was kind of what was in my mind yeah because it kind of says that in the music it's kind of just it's it's saying that's what what you're seeing you know yeah you're right it's weird how music has like you were specifically listening to it because i said this was my track and this is what i wanted to talk about and it's like yeah it's kind of okay you're listening to it you're right it's the circumstances are what they are and that's how you're taking the music in so it's interesting i can't even remember the the circumstances at hand that the way they were the way i heard the song for the first time and it made such an impact i don't even remember what that was but for whatever reason it must have been massively impactful because it made such a impression on me um that i've continued to go back to my majority of my life <laughs> yeah i mean that's what it's all about to me you, yeah. you want to find those things that are the touchstones that you can keep coming back to so yeah so lucky yeah to have it yeah for sure well thank you again i i really love this this is this is uh this has been really nice it's yeah this is, this is what this show is all about, like finding that moment, that one thing that really uh, gives you all the feelings. So, Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for letting me be on here and share it. Lovely stuff. Thanks again to Tim for talking to me. The new Polyphonic Spree album, Salvage Enterprise, is out now for your listening pleasure. 
All right. Uh, no spark from me this week because, you know, it's Thanksgiving tomorrow and I am focused on eating. So have a lovely holiday. If you're celebrating, please follow me on social media at Spark Parade. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts and leave me a little review and screenshot the review and upload it to the link in the show notes so you can win some Consequence merch. And uh, yeah, just take it easy. Have a, a nice long weekend if you get one, if you're in the States. If you're not, sorry. And until next time, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.